0: Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security, and serenity as you strive for your success.
1: Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Linda Conyard, and linda is going to be talking to us today about good mental health is good for business now linda is producer and host of the truth about trauma tv director of phoenix rising foundation author speaker and trauma specialist her mission is to eliminate unnecessary trauma through education and training in trauma-informed care and linda is a mentor and coach passionate about people having the financial freedom to make choices that are perfect for them. Hello and welcome Linda Conyard.
0: Thanks very much Clive, it's lovely to be here with you.
1: Absolute pleasure to have you here because we read more and more and hear more and more about mental health being an issue nowadays and I'm quite sure that a lot of people in business don't understand that it's actually okay to put their hand up and ask for a little bit of help because it doesn't necessarily tell us that we're suffering.
0: That's absolutely the truth. And there was actually a study done across 41 organisations and there was 3,500 employees assessed through this study. And it showed that it costs about $12.6 billion per year with people suffering depression in their workplace.
1: Wow.
0: there's about 96,000 hours lost in productivity due to depression. And depression is actually overtaking anxiety in the amount of people that are actually suffering this. And it also showed that the men that were in the study had no idea, or most of them, no, probably about three quarters of them, didn't have any idea that they had a mental health issue. And what they found about women was that they often used perfectionism and self-criticism in dealing with their mental health stress.
1: They're frightening numbers, uh, but more frightening, Linda, to me is is that, uh, one, we don't know about it, and two, if we are suffering from it, as you just pointed out about the the ladies in particular, we tend to take actions to try and hide it.
0: Absolutely, and we use things like uh, alcohol, Addictions like shopping, you know, the quick uh, happiness that you feel when you buy something and then it goes down again. So any sort of addiction. Avoiding, like you could be super hard working at the gym, just just pushing and pushing and pushing yourself. Yeah, people suffer with all sorts of things like fatigue. You know, it shows up in fatigue, sleeping issues, eating issues, having difficulty um, maintaining their emotions. So there might be short outbursts of anger or tears or something like that but they can't manage their emotions so much they're the signs of that your mental health needs some attention
1: okay so we we better keep our eyes open because uh it's certainly appearing as a more common affliction and what we'd really like to do i guess is to have everybody aware that it's not all that difficult to talk to somebody just got to put your hand up is that how it works
0: Yeah, that's true. But the trouble is, and what I find is people have this negative thinking around therapy or talking to someone. And that's really unfortunate because with that stigma, it actually stops people from using therapy as a way to help them stay really at the top of their game. If you think about sporting professionals, they have their sporting psychs and that's seen as okay. But if we have emotional issues going on in our world, we seem to think that we have to keep it all together. Like, you know, that old saying of like, you just keep up the appearances, like you present like there's everything is okay, when in actual fact, there's this turmoil going on inside.
1: Yeah. And where do you think that that uh, stigma, that idea that we can't talk about it comes from?
0: Well, most of us have got here through England and that the first thing that comes to my mind is like that presenting in, in the proper way from the English tradition. That's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I've got no data around that, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind.
1: <laughs> stiff upper lip, we'll say.
0: Yeah, that sort of thing. And, you know, that men have to be men and men don't cry and rah, 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 all this sort of stuff. Like, we've been taught this for a long time. The other thing that I work with is transgenerational repeating family patterns, so looking at people's systems. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that and that possibility of that, so if we have come from that stiff upper lip, as you say, then that's gonna come down in our cellular memory, generation after generation, unless we do something different about that.
1: So in the end it comes down to education.
0: A lot of it comes down to education and that's part of my mission about educating people because once they have an understanding, their whole view, and this is what I find with my trauma clients, their whole view of why they behave, why they behave starts to make sense. So they start to make sense of their suffering And that is such an important key to their healing because then they don't make themselves wrong.
1: Indeed. So education allows us to acknowledge.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And through acknowledgement, we can then begin to understand.
0: Absolutely,
1: yeah. Okay. So in the first instance, let's find someone like you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, because you've been at this for quite some time, Linda, what are the challenges that you found most business owners are faced with?
0: Often it's like not enough money coming into their business, not enough clients. They study course after course after course, but they don't implement it. They isolate themselves in their business. A lot of small business owners work by themselves, so they actually end up isolated. So unless they head out to places like the Chamber of Commerce or networking meetings, they tend to be quite alone and uh, withdrawn from the world so they're stuck with their their own thoughts around what's going on in their business but if they actually step into a group of people who are all business owners they'll probably find that those people are also suffering with a lot of the things that they are so then it just gives that little bit of support for for people
1: and you mentioned people not implementing things because i've seen this through the years as well that people will go to courses and Uh, notwithstanding that they might come away with something that's absolutely fantastic, it gets somehow lost in a myriad of other things that need to be done. Is this part of our hiding our uh, situation?
0: So what I think about that is that we have a well-worn neural pathway in our brain, which is our way of being in the world. And even if it's dysfunctional, it's comfortable because we know it and it's familiar. So to actually step out of that creates a lot of effort and repeating of the same new action to create the new neural pathway so it's not even an intentional thing that people do because they want to make it different but they're so all of us have this we're so caught in the way that we are in the world that we tend to just fall back into that so easily and I'm sure people will make sense of that they'll understand that
1: motor memory is a wonderful thing as long as it's driving us the right way
0: Exactly. And even if you have the awareness that to change that pattern, you need to repeat, 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 repeat for a long time.
1: But to keep on top of these things. Yes. So implementation is important. Uh, First thing, if we find ourselves not implementing prep, we need to implement the call to you.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Find someone who can help you to make those changes. And it does take that keeping the momentum going once you realise it and you see it, you do need to have that connection to keep you accountable, if you like, or moving forward with the, with the new pattern.
1: Okay, so all of this is actually doable. We, we can do these things. You're, what you're talking about doesn't seem difficult, just people aren't ready to acknowledge it.
0: It does sound difficult. And I have to say, it's not for the faint-hearted. It is quite difficult to make those changes. You have to commit to yourself that you're going to do that. It does take effort. And financial commitment to that if you're going to work with that. Even if you're working with a coach or someone, you need that financial commitment and your time and your your commitment to make those changes. Otherwise, it won't happen. No one can make that happen for people. So it does it does take time and effort. But it is worthwhile at the end when you move into that new new pattern and you feel the freedom of that in your body and your mind and your spiritual aspect as well. Very freeing.
1: So what you're saying there is that people you've worked with who have moved away from the difficulties of that mental health situation, have you seen them change their business?
0: Yeah, and even like totally flip what they were doing. So they they may have been in a business that they thought they liked, but when they actually connected to what they truly cared about and they allowed themselves to follow that, it was a whole different direction. So, yeah, I'm never surprised when people make a significant change like that, never surprised.
1: I'm gathering that it's wonderful to see these these people find their path.
0: Yeah, I love my job.
1: Excellent. Yeah, for to help some of our listeners out there, what are the signs that uh, somebody's mental health is adversely affecting their business?
0: Yeah, it's things like the fatigue, like, you know, unable to relax, you know, you might sleep, you might have like eight to 10 hours sleep, but you wake up exhausted still. You might have eating issues like you comfort it, you eat too much or you just can't eat. Yeah. Just unable to really be in the, in the, in your life. Actually, it's like, there's a, it's a robotic sort of movement that you're in your life, but you don't actually feel present and you don't feel alive. Even there's like a dead feeling in your body. It could be like that, you know, those types of things. And also anxiety, depression, panic attacks, you know, PTSD, all of those types of diagnosable conditions. Uh, they also are an indication.
1: And <coughs> you mentioned being present. So it, essentially it's important for us to, to be aware.
0: Yeah, to start to be present to ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: And when we are present with ourselves, what sort of benefits or what, what sort of things might we see?
0: Well, I might just share a little bit of an example with you, if that's all right. When I was doing my own trauma recovery and I was exploring what was showing up in my business, the underwhelming business results that I was having, and I started looking at it because I am the business, so it's, it's in me that you know, the problem is, and I was looking at it and I thought, okay, so I don't have enough money. I find it very difficult to have money, so I started to explore that. Anyway, my father wasn't emotionally available to us as children. He was a bit uh, of a tyrant. And the only time that he was sort of kind was when he would give us a little bit of money. So in my child mind, I'd made this rule that money equals love. So if you transpose that into business, it doesn't work. So this was my subconscious operating. So not being able to receive money from clients, you know, just didn't feel right. I just couldn't do it. So I end up giving away lots of stuff and it cost us lots of money and all the rest of it. So, but once I found that, then I was able to separate out that childhood experience and really see that money is in exchange for the knowledge and the skills that I have that I'm giving to another person. So once I was able to do that, then that changed my financial situation quite significantly.
1: There you go. So essentially, we could have made a decision, well, in our very early youth, and that can still be affecting us now, Uh, in an unconscious way
0: absolutely and even the things that you heard your parents say about money and some of the things i heard was money doesn't grow on trees you've got to work hard for money you know it's it was always that feeling of like oh it's really hard to get money you know so when you get money you've got to be careful that followed me through all of my life until i was able to see it and bring the subconscious into my conscious field
1: ah it's an excellent story there's probably a lot of people out there who are suffering from something very much the same
0: Yes, that's right.
1: So how can therapy help a business owner?
0: So I see it as professional development or or personal development, right, in the professional field. If you don't look after yourself and if you don't have a really good mental state, then whatever you do in your business is not going to be the best that it can be. So it's not going to reach its full potential. So there'll be the underwhelming business results. So whatever's unresolved in people will show up in their business. There's no doubt about it. It shows up in every aspect of their life and their business isn't any different. And if people don't have their own business, even in their work environment, they will find what, what's unresolved will show up in their, in their field of their, their work. So it's very important to like if you can nail this and if you can put this to bed, life is so much different. It, it's just like a flipping a coin. It's just the opposite of how most people live their lives. I know that. I've been through it. I get it. And, it's, and honestly, I just can't say how much better it is on the other side of that.
1: The air is sweeter to breathe.
0: Oh, so much. It's so much easier. Life is so much easier when you have these understandings and you can, you can put them in the rightful place.
1: Mm. Colours are brighter?
0: Oh, everything. Everything's better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. So it doesn't just affect business. It actually affects everything around you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I want to say that I don't sit here for one moment thinking that I've got everything sorted in my life. I don't, but I do have the skills to be able to work with it every time it presents itself. So that makes life easier. So there's none of that, you know, inner critic that's beating me up or, you know, the the fear of not succeeding. I can take imperfect action. I even started My Truth About Trauma TV and it's like that's something that I would never do, put myself out there that far. I'm an introvert but through this process of being able to accept my introvertedness and have that extroverted aspect, it's so much easier.
1: There you go. Labels don't necessarily restrict us.
0: No, we just have to understand them. Once we understand them, then we can use them. It's awesome.
1: Very important point, Linda, I think, that uh, labels are a wonderful thing if, if we need to put everything into the right bucket.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Very good and uh, of course the, the point of us having this business conversation today is to help people understand that there are options and alternatives and there's ways of finding things out but let's look back a little on you and your business conversations what's the best tip you have received from a business conversation
0: it was about taking imperfect action not to spend so much time trying to get it right because my feeling of introvertedness or that quiet withdrawn part of myself would never, would never get it right. So that statement about taking imperfect action really landed with me. I thought, okay, I can, I can do that. So that allowed me to have a go.
1: And in having a go,
0: having a go, I'm doing awesome things.
1: (laughs) Good. And uh, in my work as, uh, as coaching people and business strategists, uh, I find the same thing that once people will actually have a go, awesomeness turns up.
0: That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and it's the first one that's the hardest. You've just got to get the first one out of the road.
1: Indeed. So as we're coming to a close here, Linda, what's the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today?
0: to take care of their mental health and what's unresolved in them, because if they do that, they're actually going to experience their life in a whole different way. So that's what I would encourage people to do. To find someone that they can talk to. Even just talking things out sometimes loud, people come to their own resolution in, the, in that moment. So it, it's like it's not it's not a bad thing to see a therapist and it doesn't have to be a negative thing. You can use it in a positive way as part of your self-help, your self care and to get your business on track.
1: And actually, let's, let's take a moment to have a look at that. Uh, it's not a bad thing to see a therapist. We spoke earlier about the stigma of putting your hand up and saying perhaps I need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that there's two sides to this. If somebody thinks maybe they should have a talk to somebody but doesn't, which yeah. side of the coin are they going to experience? Likely?
0: Yeah. They're going to experience what more of what they're doing now. They're not going to experience that change.
1: And if they put their hand up and, and said, Linda, I'd like to have a chat. Yep. What might come out of that?
0: Well, I would love them to actually interview me. And I encourage people to do this. When they're looking for a therapist, interview them. Find out how much of their own work they've done. Find out what they've studied and what their skills are. You know, it's not like that you should just, because I've got this name of therapist or whatever their name is, that you should assume that they have what you need. So it's like if you're investing in something, you're investing in yourself, which is so precious, you should take the time to really interview people and see. So if anyone calls me, I invite them to interview me. Really check and see if I've got what they need to help them to move through whatever they need to move through.
1: And then if you start to work with those people... What sort of outcomes have you seen in the past?
0: Oh, uh, increased uh, clients, actually weekends off.
1: Just so, generally happier people.
0: Yeah, they're generally happier, but they're also, their business is bringing them joy. You know, it's like it's not a slog, it's not a job. Like we go into our own business, you know, because it's something that we want to offer into the world. We don't want to be part of a system or group of people. We've got our own a message that we want to share. But when we're not caring for ourselves, you know, it becomes this job and this slog that we could just be in, you know, in another organization or something. So to be able to have that freedom to build the life that supports your lifestyle and your dreams, that's gold.
1: Excellent. Now, most importantly, on that note, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation?
0: Well, they can pop over to my website, which is www.lindaconyard.com, or they can find me on Facebook, Linda Conyard Speaks, or on LinkedIn, Linda Conyard. Any of those should be able to get a hold of me.
1: Well, hopefully, there'll be uh, a lot of people who'll be talking to you because uh, we want to try and have people in small business or any business. Yes. Perhaps even not in business, but certainly people in business, we want them to be happy in their business.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And enjoying success. Linda, this has been absolutely marvellous to have a conversation with you. And uh, I think we should do it again because we want to hear from you how, how many people have talked to you and what great results they've achieved.
0: Oh, that would be exciting. I'd love to do that. That would be awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed. Linda, thank you very much for uh, being part of our business conversation today. And good luck with keeping us all, well,
0: sane. Happy. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app, and you can find more business resources at clivenever.com.au.